Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong. You got you back, Jack. And Joe Getty. Joey, baby. Things are getting weird. And they're getting weird fast. Armstrong and Getty. But I know this. They're loco. And everyone knows it. But the dramatics could come down just a little bit. And now, he's Armstrong and Getty. So, uh... I think the evolution is 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 moving on where a lot of Americans no longer think of our prestigious universities as like this, these citadels of learning and wisdom. And, you know, just uh, people who go to these places are they're better than us. You know, they're the elite of the elite. And we're lucky to have them. It's more like what's, what is the matter with you people? <laughs> they're more like like a, a, a freaky collection of of uh, pseudo intellectuals who run around believing stuff that can't possibly be true. At least that's the way I'm feeling about a lot of it now. You reminded me of a Father's Day column I read in the New York Times. Oh, I should get into that later. God, you want to be annoyed every Mother's Day and Father's Day? Read the opinion pieces in the New York Times or the Washington Post. Oh, just, oh. Anyway. That reminds me of that discussion we had uh, whenever it was last hour or a couple of minutes ago. What, when was it about luxury beliefs? About a half an hour ago? Um, those papers in the, their editorial boards are full of those luxury beliefs that they use to show their virtues. Yep, you're right. Anyway, uh, this story, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to present it because it uses a lot of terms generally we don't use on the radio, but it, uh, it's, it's worth telling because it shows you how crazy these people have gone. There are two stories. One from Northwestern School of Law which is the Pritzker School of Law, worth mentioning. 
J.B. Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, whose uh, family, which includes some transgender individuals and has many billions of dollars, they are funding so much of the horrific, soon to be recognized as horrific, experimentation on confused youth all over this country in terms of transgender this and that. They are, they are the super generator of policy and, and medical facilities for this stuff in America. It's an obsession of theirs. Anyway, a transgender law student who attends the prestigious Northwestern Pritzker School of Law reportedly complained about his white. There's some strong language here. If you're easily offended, it's probably not for you. But um, complaining about his white bitchy psychologist as part of his application went on to write about a specific sort of sex toy having sex with Trumpies in the school's law journal. Ishani Chotsky, a man who identifies as a woman, was accepted in Northwestern in part due to a personal statement in which he disparaged his white bitchy psychologist who diagnosed him with mental illness, according to a review, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> Here is part of his statement that got him into law school. Uh, this is the story of the time I overcame a crippling misdiagnosis by a white bitchy psychologist. It's also the story of how I came to terms with myself as a transgender woman. It puts me in the cliched paradox of having to prove my insanity to you. He goes on and on, rambling like a crazy person. You see, I fell into the Western lack of space when a white woman misdiagnosed me with other psychosis and possible schizophrenia, Wait. a fate all too common for trans women of color. What was that first phrase there at the beginning? The, the something space? I hadn't heard that one. I fell into the Western lack of space. Okay. It's like that whole safe space thing. I need a space. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, let's see, uh, for the cherry on top, she told me I would never get into any law school, especially not Harvard, due to my cannabis use, as I had just smoked a joint before coming into the office. This frightened me. My verbal fluency was essentially unmatchable. My overall intelligence, very superior. And my emotional intelligence, extraordinary. Well, you're a fun guy to talk to. Or a woman, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. Goes into some detail on that. Once admitted to school, Chosky won the MLK Dream Week Chicago Campus Oratorial Contest, despite routinely spamming the entire student body with mundane emails. Chosky would often send emails to a list serve that included every member of the student body, one of which said, quote, It is not the judge's tongue, but his blank which reigns. He also requested donations of $5,000, $10,000 from the entire student body for his birthday. At one point, here's where it gets good. <clears throat> and by good, I mean shut down the universities. He got into a feud with one of the school's professors after she asked him to step away from the doorway while he was smoking a cigarette. Chocksky reportedly called law professor Tonya Jacoby an effing bee in public before ultimately apologizing to her in an email uh, that was seemingly forced. This was not a smoking incident. This was a verbal abuse combined with sexist epithets and bullying conduct, the professor wrote in response to Chotsky's email. I have made Northwestern's Office of Equity aware of the situation because it meets the criteria for discriminatory and harassing conduct based on a protected category. Okay, so here's where it gets going. This professor gets accosted by this crazy person called an effing bee and says this was sexist and bullying conduct, and I have made Northwestern's Office of Equity aware, blah, 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 harassment uh, based on a protected care, uh, category. 
Chotsky then took the feud to the entire student body, emailing his classmates saying the professor harassed him. I dispute that there was any harassment, and I certainly had no interaction with you that had any relationship to you being trans. The professor wrote back. This claim and its implication it carries can only do considerable harm to the important cause of promoting the rights of trans persons. I read that email as you crying wolf. Well, Chosky then urged his classmates to spam the professor's inbox in an email denigrating her as a white woman. White spelled Y-T for some reason. Hmm. He emails the entire student body and all the, the, the they get it. They keep going in this uh, this uh, feud. Blah, blah, blah. Well, the dean decided to take the cigarette smoking effing B transgender person's side and announced to the uh, everyone he had taken his side against Jacoby, the professor, and written to him saying, in addition to communicating uh, that her behavior was uncivil, inappropriate, and out of line, I will also instruct her not to contact you. I will also speak with Tanya about the myriad power dynamics at play between the two of you and ensure she is mindful of those dynamics and does not use them to her unfair advantage. So, prominent university, law school, Professor says, can you not smoke right in the doorway? You're an effing bee. And after this weird back and forth, the dean says, I've spoken to her about the myriad power dynamics at play between the two of you and ensure she is mindful of those dynamics and does not use them to her unfair advantage. How do you run a society? You like can't. That? You can't. That you is can't. so crazy. That is so crazy, but... You know, without all the fancy elite education phrases and terms there, that's exactly what's going on in grade schools with the whole redemptive justice thing, more or less. Right. Last month, the Journal of Criminal Law and Criminology belatedly published his paper about having sex with seven Trumpies. I invited them into my bed, the boys. Seven of them I know for sure were Trumpies. Many others I can only hazard a guess. The second of my seven Trumpies told me conspiracies about Jews as I laid naked in his lap. My third Trumpy had a framed picture of Bannon on his piano. He would blank me furiously and never climax. What? And the rest of it I can't even read. This was published in the University Law Journal. Wow. Because they're terrified of this person. Wow. I know. This is one of the leading colleges of law, university, uh, well, schools of law in America at Northwestern University. I I mean, this is not like they're teaching, uh, what do you call it, uh, systemic racism. They're all on their knees begging for mercy from this, this transgender lunatic. Meanwhile, over at Johns Hopkins, one of the great citadels of learning in the world, who you like better, Johns or Hopkins? It, to me, it's a, it's a tie. How many SS is enough for a university? Anyway, Johns Hopkins' universities has decided to effectively erase women from the school's woke inclusive language guide. Its new definition of what a lesbian is? I saw is this. Defined, I saw this. They yeah. define the term as non-men attracted to other non-men. Women, you have been erased from the world of academia. You don't exist anymore. A woman is not a woman. A woman is a non-man. That doesn't seem like that would be the progressive view, does it? Or, or if I'm feeling generous, you could be a birthing person. So you're not a woman. You're reduced to your ability to give birth. Or, 
And this is the woke thing you refer to as menstruators or pregnant people or uterus havers. (laughs) Can you imagine? And, And I'm asking this seriously now. If a person on the right side of the aisle, on on at least most stuff, which I am, if I, on the air, routinely referred to women as menstruators, how demeaning and dehumanizing and idiotic would you think I was? Well, if you thought I was very, very all those things, you'd be right. It's time to unplug the Internet, as we've agreed many times. It's time to shut down our universities and start again. Clean them out like they're rat infested and start again. I think both men and birthing people are with me. Just since the term trans came up, so I don't have to bring it up again later, RFK Jr. was polling at like 20%, or at least he was. I don't know. It started to drop off as he starts. The more he talks, I think the more harm he does himself. Or maybe he's gathering more followers. I don't know, but. RFK Jr. was on Jordan Peterson's show over the weekend and said chemicals in the water are turning kids transgender. Okay. I don't, I don't know what his proof is of this. I read a long Twitter thread of a a, a scientist um, and science columnist writing about all the stuff he gets wrong and how wacky his theories are and how thoroughly disproved they are and such. Um. But that's not going to stand in the way of people who want to believe what he sells. Right. So he's one of those people that has a an outlying opinion on all the stories, right? So transgender comes from chemicals in the water. He's got all his stuff about vaccines that is uh, difficult for him to back up. Um, the CIA killed his dad. Again, that part I can believe. You think the CIA killed Bobby Kennedy? Why? Oh, Bobby Kennedy. I don't know. Maybe he was going to crack down on him. I'm reading. Maybe he wasn't down with some of the CIA's plans for, for instance, you know, the Shah of Iran or, or the various uh, repressive regimes we backed to keep the communists at bay. I'm not uh, saying it was the wrong move, but the, it was controversial. I'm reading the J. Edgar Hoover biography that won the Pulitzer Prize last year that is uh, very, very well uh, critically acclaimed. It is really great, but... um. You read that, you should believe the government's capable of anything. Unless you think it's way different than it was then, which would make you a sap. (laughs) Or incapable of being like it was then. Yeah, there's an article at uh, Wired.com that, uh, what is it, the NSA or somebody, hang on. Uh, the U.S. is openly stockpiling dirt on all its citizens. A newly declassified report from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence reveals that the federal government is buying troves of data about Americans. Okay, that's the way they're going out about it uh, now. J. Edgar Hoover was trying to do the very same thing, just in a different way, pre-internet, pre-being able to grab all this stuff from other sources. Yeah, so the government continues to... Try to do that. And also, Daniel Ellsberg died, what, Friday after we got off the air? The guy from the Pentagon Papers? You know, you either Mm -hmm. know that story or you don't. But, I mean, so he outlined how four presidents in a row had lied to Congress and the American people about how the war in Vietnam was going. Unless you think things are way different now than they were then, you should believe that anything is possible. Well, what was that uh, big report that came out about Afghanistan? It was, I mean, a different movie, same plot. Right, exactly. But the line between concerned and vigilant and paranoid 
It's, right. a, it's a tough one to draw for a lot of people. Excellent point. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show. I've got a quick question for you. What if you happen to miss part of the show of this unbelievable radio program? The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show, available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man. Download it now, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. A lost Van Gogh was found recently. Uh, like a member of his family or one of his paintings? One of his paintings. I see. It disappeared for a while, now it's back. Anyway, that doesn't matter, but it's worth... And I had never even heard of this one or seen this one. Uh, looks like a lot of the other Van Goghs. $61.8 million for this painting. Hmm. That's a lot of money. So I purchased recently the, um, if you've ever seen it when you're at Best Buy or something like that, the Samsung, the frame. It's a TV that looks like it's a painting hanging on the wall. You know those? I actually have one of those. Yeah. 
And I got the, uh, I got one. I'd been wanting one for a long time, but I finally got it. And I love it. I wish I'd have gotten earlier because you can put whatever art you want on there. And I like art and I like, I really like the idea of being able to change around whatever I want. <laughs> on Father's Day, because it was a crazy day, I put up the scream. I had that as the painting all day long. Cause I said, <laughs> that matches my mood. <laughs> or, uh, whatever. But anyway, thinking about Van Gogh. So I, the first painting I put up there was, um, uh, one of his irises paintings. A, a lot of his famous paintings he did a whole bunch of because he painted really fast. And, um, the iris paintings I had just seen days ago at the Getty Museum in Los Angeles. And you get to look at it, you know, your face is a foot away from it and really look at it and see the brush strokes and everything. And it's really, really cool. But so I did a research, a little research on that painting finding out that he he painted that like right after he cut his ear off that oh. whole incident yeah and then he checked himself in to a mental facility and he made like 200 some paintings in 2 years so he's like a painting every couple of days um of some of his most famous paintings that are worth tens of millions of dollars now um so he was and then he and then he died and then that whole thing. But so what I often wonder about is like as a disturbed individual or even maybe not a disturbed individual, if he had had a Nintendo Game Boy or an, one of the popular antidepressants or any of a lot of the modern things we have, would he have just not painted anything and just been a dude? Wow. I did not know this is where you were going. What a great question. Uh, and is it would have fundamentally worse? changed his art, no doubt. And is that better or worse for the world or him? It would have been better for him. He was miserable his whole life. I'm, I'm sure he would have tra- traded not being miserable for not being, you know, well-known long after he's dead. Who cares? There's a reason happy, contented people don't put out the great art that mankind worships. If you have very little that you need to let out, you will let out very little. I wonder not, one, about the various drugs that we can take, and then two, just about all the distractions. Like, if Eric Clapton had had a Nintendo Game Boy, would he have done that instead? I just, I wonder about that all the time with my kids and all kids. Wow, so there are Eric's Clapton and Vans Go, just staring at Game Boys. (laughs) Staring at their Nintendo Switch. te.com The Armstrong and Getty Show You know Dan Carlin from the Hardcore History podcast? You yeah. familiar mm-hmm. with him? It's like mm-hmm. one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Really interesting just regular guy who's into history and does a tremendous amount of research and Man, if you're a history buff and haven't checked that out, I've just given you a treat. But so he had a podcast the other day. It was like his meta podcast. He was like talking about Everything he's learned by doing all this history and going wow. way, way back to prehistory and talking about how humans have been on the planet now for, they believe, like modern humans for between 250 and 350,000 years. The number keeps changing, but that's about how long people like us have been roaming around. And we only have history of those human beings for like 5,000 years. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. go back very far that we have any idea what anybody was doing. But anyway, he said, of information we can gather of the last 5,000 years and the previous years, a couple of things that, uh, that, that, that seem to be just true of us as a species. And one of them is how violent we are and how awful we are and the horrible things we do to each other. It's just been true. I mean, we're living in a time of unbelievable, uh, being polite and nice compared to all of human history. 
It's just it's in our nature. It's it's horrible to think about. Mm-hmm. And that's that's something Jordan Peterson's always regularly talking about. Is you have to recognize that's inside all of us the ability to do that. We're like we're like having that squeezed out of us by by culture and and teaching. But in us is the is the impulse or ability to do all kinds of horrifying things. Right. I mean, you ask uh, Jane Goodall or somebody, when will chimps be violent? And she can give you a very short list. You ask, when will human beings be violent? It would take the rest of the day. Right. Anyway, interesting. Yeah. Any so other meta points uh, he threw in? Because I, I find this so interesting. The other main one is that we have always been on the move. Um, we, we go to someplace better. It always has been, always will be. And that's just the way things are. Colonialism. It sounds like you're defending colonialism. <laughs> Which I think is kind of interesting from a, like, you know, you get into the whole uh, inequality housing costs thing in the United States and people can't afford. The history of our species is you go someplace where you can afford it easier, where you can find a better job and more easily live. You don't stay in the same spot hoping somebody else will fix it for you. Just because you ended up there somehow, you know, years ago. You were born there or whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. The other Nobody thing cares. that I'm not far enough into this that I don't quite understand that I found really interesting is how he says our whole racial thing is so ridiculous in that it is a blip in time. The whole racial thing, what color we are and all that sort of stuff has morphed so many times over history in various parts of the world. It comes and goes. The idea of this race being in this spot and this race being in that spot and all that sort of thing is we're just looking at it through the lens of, like, now. That's not the way it has been throughout history. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. So, uh, speaking of uh, mankind and our capacity for yuck, a couple of stories. And we've been talking about this for a while. It was mostly predicting it. Now it's come true. According to the WAPO, the revolution in artificial intelligence has sparked an explosion of disturbingly lifelike images showing child sexual exploitation, fueling concerns among child safety investigators that they will undermine efforts to find victims and combat real-world abuse. Generative AI tools have set off what one analyst called a predatory arms race on pedophile forums because they can create within seconds realistic images of children performing sex acts, commonly known as child pornography. I uh, find that as awful as anything I could imagine, and I would like those people executed. I am a death penalty for child porn. That's my stance. Um, But... A texter pointed this out, and I thought the same thing. Is there any chance this is a good thing? They can create fake stuff so you don't have to abuse actual children? Is there any possibility there? That's a great question. They touch on that. They don't answer it directly in this piece. Uh, Children's images, including the content of known victims, are being repurposed for this really evil output uh, victim identification is already a needle in the haystack problem where law enforcement is trying to find a child in harm's way. The ease of using these tools is a significant shift as well as the realism. It just makes everything more of a challenge because you can disguise the children or repurpose the images and oh, that sort of thing. Right. But, but your question is a good one. Um, I'm scanning real quick to see if they, if they deal with that. Um, I mean, these people are so sick and amoral, such slaves to their desires 
Um, I, I, I hesitate to guess, uh, what sort of twists and turns this road might take, but, um, one forum of 3,000 dark web pedophile users, which are openly discussing strategies for how to create explicit photos and dodge anti-porn filters, et cetera, et cetera. On one forum of 3,000 members, roughly 80% of respondents uh, said they had used or intended to use AI tools to create child sexual abuse images. Oh, man. So they're super excited about that. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. And then this from the Wall Street Journal. Instagram, the popular social media site owned by Meta, helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content, according to investigations by the Wall Street Journal and researchers at Stanford University and the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Pedophiles have long used the Internet, but unlike the forums and file transfer services that cater to people who have an interest in illicit content, Instagram doesn't merely host these activities. Its algorithms promote them. Way to go, Mark! Instagram connects pedophiles and guides them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share niche interests. They I'm, out found. Of, I'm out of my depth here, but there's got to be a way to come up with an algorithm that catches child porn stuff and funnels it toward the FBI as opposed to other people who would enjoy it. There's got to be. You would think, but here's how clever it is, Jack. Though out of sight for most on the platform, the sexualized accounts on Instagram are brazen about their interest. The researchers found that Instagram enabled people to search explicit hashtags such as hashtag pedo whore and hashtag preteen sex. Oh, my God. And connect them to accounts that use the terms to advertise child sex material for sale. Such accounts often claim to be run by the children themselves and use overtly sexual handles incorporating words such as Oh, I can't even read that phrase. Yeah, please don't. I don't like the phrases I've already heard. It's way worse than the other ones. You know, man, I'm naive about this because I would never use those search terms, but if I kind of was under the belief that if I Googled that sort of thing, I'd have the feds at my doorstep by the end of the week. Turns out, no. You're searching on Instagram. Instagram accounts offer to sell illicit sex material, generally don't publish it openly, instead posting menus of content. Certain accounts invite buyers to commission specific acts. Some menus include prices for videos of children, etc., etc. I can't even read it at the right price. Children are available available for in-person meetups. Obviously, this violates all the laws of God, man. I have Meta's statement if you want it. But so, okay, Facebook, so... I've tried to have account an account a couple of times and then always stopped because you dig up people I don't even remember existed and put them together with my fake name based on some other information that I gave you. But you can't weed this out. What? In response to questions from the journal, Meta acknowledged problems with its enforcement operations and said it has set up an internal task force to address the issues raised. Quote, child exploitation is a horrific crime. We're continuously investigating ways to actively defend against this behavior, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not going to claim Mark Zuckerberg's in favor of this sort of thing, but he has said all kinds of things over the years that aren't true. So how big a priority this is for him, I don't know. Yeah. Well, this is uh, depressing and sickening, so let's move on to the slightly amusing nude th- news. I feel, not like, nude. I feel like we need transition music. We can't We can't just go on to anything from that. Do we have any? Right. Cue it up, Michael. Oh, classic. Oh, haven't done this one in a while. Oh, 
this is really the grandfather of transition music, yep. isn't it? And it erased what we were talking about. We can move on to other fair. That's my favorite part. Right there. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, that's fantastic. All right, turn it off. Turn it off. Oh, my God. A uh, great day for Anheuser-Busch. They just won the huge, the important creative marketer of the year. What? The Con- no, they did not. The advertising industry's biggest annual event, popularly dubbed the Oscars for Advertising, Anheuser-Busch Creative Marketer of the Year. <laughs> Is that a joke? Congratulations. Is that an irony award for the worst advertising campaign in the history of capitalism, which it actually might be. That might not well, be. Well, it only lost them $27 billion. The headline yesterday, Bud Light sales take steepest hit yet since Dylan Mulvaney fiasco. You thought that they had dropped a lot week by week by week? It suffered its worst weekly sales drop since the whole thing started. For the week, for the week ending June 10th, Bud Light sales dropped by 26.8%, according to the latest data. That's after 24%, 25%. 23% all the previous weeks. They keep dropping by like a quarter or more per week. One of the hazards of this job is sometimes we forget that not everybody's as into this as we are and not aware of this stuff as quickly as we are and y'all are. And so, yeah, people are still finding out about this. Armstrong and Getty. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. 
Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slammed up. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Armstrong and Getty Show. I got a quick question for you. What if you happen to miss part of the show of this unbelievable radio program? The answer is easy, friends. Just download our podcast, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. It's the podcast version of the broadcast show available anytime, any day, every single podcast platform known to man. Download it now, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. What is righteous indignation? Ding! Controversy in the world of Jeopardy, Jack. I don't know if anybody cares about Jeopardy anymore now that Trebek has left. The, the, the mainstream media seems to think that much of America is obsessed with Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, but I don't actually know. I don't know either. I've always enjoyed Jeopardy. Always. A long time ago, I used to watch it semi-regularly whilst drinking beer with friends. Anyway, <laughs> a new Jeopardy category left fans furious after the clues stumped all three contestants during Monday night's show. You know, they start with the $1,200 clue. Oh, that was the low one, so that must have been uh, late in the show. All right, here's a $1,200 clue. The category is movie mashups. Here's the clue. You stay classy, Callie. A 2004 San Diego news anchor man and a 1984 Indiana Jones title structure. That's the clue. So Anchorman and Raiders of the Lost Ark, but what are you supposed to do with that? Well, kind of. You mash them up into a title, I guess, a, a mashed up movie title. You're not going to get it. The answer is Ron Burgundy in the Temple of Doom. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I'll I'll try I'll try another one. This is the sixteen hundred dollar clue. You say classy Alan... San Diego. <laughs> Thank you. An Alan Rickman diehard villain wants those detonators from a great Dane from a title Great Dane of two thousand two. <laughs> what? I'll read it again. An Alan Rickman diehard villain wants those detonators from a title Great Dane of 2002. I really would never get this one. So One contestant gave it a try and incorrectly answered Hans Gruber Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> Bialik informed them the correct answer was Hans Gruber and Scooby-Doo. All right. That, yeah. Yeah, Son of a yeah. bitch. That is their worst category ever. Wow. Hey, hey, dollar in the square jar for Alex Trebek. Yeah, Son of a <laughs> <laughs> wow, and, and the internet went wild, Jack. Blah, blah, blah. Anger, stunk, buzz, I'm angry. It's right. on the way to extinction, blah, blah, blah. So, uh, new poll out that we ought to at least mention just because corporate media is going nutso with it because it's the first negative Trump poll in a long time. So, But I got to tell you about this Penn State professor who's been relieved of duty for being caught in the state park having marital relations with his collie oh boy that's not his wife's name is it no it's his dog have you met my collie it's his dog breed 64 <laughs> year old guy 
And because everything's on video now, it turns out there are video cameras at the state park there in Pennsylvania. And they got video of him naked from the waist down, wearing only socks and shoes, committing perverted acts with his dog right near the bathrooms at Rothrock State Forest in Pennsylvania. He's on leave from the university now. Uh, he allegedly tried. Why? He, Why is he sick? He allegedly tried well, he to. Re- he, he allegedly tried to record himself performing the lewd acts with an electronic tablet, according to the trail cam footage. So he like went over and propped like an iPad against a tree, then went over and uh, you know romanced the dog, so he could get it on <laughs> videotape, Hunter Biden style, and wanted it outdoors or near a restroom at a park or who knows what his kink is you know i don't spend a lot of time puzzling out the logistics of how to sex up my dog oh baxter's not even listening um but uh why outdoors at a park he's got a unique turn on apparently anyway uh so they caught on to him police then went and searched his home according to the uh, filings and the transcript of everything as soon as they got to the home and they started looking around, he started just pacing around the house saying, I'm done, I'm dead, I'm done, I'm dead, I'm done, I'm dead. He knew exactly why they were there and what they were going to oh. find. And they did and found lots of footage and all that sort of stuff. He told investigators he does it to blow off steam. That's how he relaxes. You know, we all need a Have way to relax. considered uh, pickleball? Golf? Pickleball. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and it, maybe it, hiking without stopping to sex up your dog. Right. At one point, he begged the rangers to shoot him. That's not good. Oh, boy. That's not a thing, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, wow. Pow, so pow. he tried to, he tried to commit suicide by cop. By park ranger. Yeah. Wow. Well, Is there any procedure whereby you just shoot me here? You wouldn't want that, uh, you wouldn't want, uh, that information to come out, probably. Um, 64, you'd, I don't know a lot about these sorts of things. I would assume you've always been into this. It's not like something that you just happened like at age 58 or something. Um, Doubtful. Huh? Yeah. Well, and you'd think by the time you're in your 60s, you could regulate your oh, desires wow, to the no point kidding. where you wouldn't throw your career away. As an aging man, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it, it becomes more of a, can I, um, can I fire up my desires rather than can I regulate my desires? How is he still so, you know, like you said, can't control himself at this point? Let's face it, at age 20, my brain was the vice president of the operation. It was in a subordinate role. <laughs> right. On the other hand, by 64, you know, I've got the urge to, you know, molest my dog in public. Uh, on the other hand, I have this great career. Maybe I'll do something else. But yeah. what is it? What does that kink look like? As you're sitting there waiting for your iPad to charge up so you can catalog your r- romancing of the dog, you would think that perhaps I don't need to do this. Maybe I'll blow off steam a different way. Right. Right. Wow. That's that's a kink and a half. Man. Maybe I'll take up yoga or something. Well, you know what we didn't get to yet, and I still have it handy, is the Wall Street Journal did a big expose on Instagram and how Instagram connects a vast pedophilia network. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Terrible. And, and it's not just that it's there. 
But unlike the forums and file transfer transfer services that cater to people who have an interest in illicit content, Instagram doesn't merely host these activities. Its algorithms promote them. Oh, hey, I see you're interested in child porn. Have you checked out this site? Now, I understand that it's impossible to police these platforms with a billion people on them and all that sort of thing. But surely you can come up with a way to have the algorithms not seek out other child molesters so you can say hey here's another child molester you can hook up with in the local area there's got to be a way to stop that isn't there that's horrifying uh, yeah you would hope surely ai can fix that and i and i realize you couldn't catch every kind of crime out there but how about the really big ones like pedophilia you figure out an algorithm so you're not connecting those people so they can continue to do what they're doing. God, that's horrible. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.